The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of The Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Harold Shelton, Senior Research Manager from the Big Ten Network. Join us again. We're talking college hoops, especially the local hoops. Harold, um, not a good weekend this past weekend for the two local teams. And Michigan State more so because I, I look at what they did and – if you're MSU, you got you got to stay off the dreaded eight nine line because eight nine means that you're staring down the face of either UConn or you're looking at Houston or I'm trying to think who would be the four. You're not gonna play Purdue. Could be Tennessee, Arizona, maybe. Yeah, Tennessee, who you've already lost to, or Arizona, yep. who you've already lost to. Yep. You want to stay off the eight nine line. You're not gonna get Purdue, but I don't think you want Purdue. Ironically enough, you're gonna play Purdue this weekend. You had an opportunity to separate yourself, and really, they, they were trending towards that seven, maybe even teetering at the six. But then you lose at home to two teams that, let's face it, probably headed to the NIT. No excuse of why you did it, but you lost to Iowa at home. And then you followed this up with losing to Ohio State at a buzz on a buzzer beater. Ohio State hadn't won since 2012 on a buzzer beater. It was Draymond Green's senior day. Ohio State was down 50 to 38 with, I think, about 10 minutes to go into the game. MSU scored seven points. And I think the biggest question that everybody asked, and then I'm going to give you know your perspective, but I'm sitting there watching the game, and Xavier Booker starts. Tom Izzo shakes up the lineup. And it works. It's working. Now, I don't know if deep down they kind of, you know, it's like, well, you know what? Everybody keeps asking for this kid. So I'm going to give you what you ask for. Kind of like your parents. I want to stay up late. Okay, well, I'm going to let you stay up late knowing you're going to crash and burn in the morning because you're too tired for school, but you're going to go to school. Booker handled it. Booker came out there, seven points. He had three blocks. Yeah, he, he made some mistakes, but I think you, you can live with that. Even when he got announced, the crowd like just got living like, oh, my God, it's happening. And then in the final 15 minutes of the game, he's up. He doesn't go back in. You stuck with Maddie Sissoko for the rest of the game. And I just think that that put Michigan State at such a disadvantage. Even the Ohio State coach said that when Booker was in there, you know, we weren't able to get the ball in as deep. We had to make some changes. And then when Maddie was in there, it was he said it without saying it, like, yeah, it actually got easier for us and we found a way to win. Looking back at this game, Harold, what what, what did you see? Because for me, I, I thought it was a travesty that Matt, uh, that Xavier Booker wasn't in that game. He's a freshman, but in order for him to get better, you, you, got, you grow by playing. You don't grow from the bench. And, I mean – the offense flowed freely, and, and the frustrating thing with Maddie was his man, uh, 34 for Ohio State. Oh, uh, Akpara. Never had to leave nope. the paint. He never left the little the, the, the semicircle. He, he planted himself right there and said, you can stand out there at the three-point line all you want because all you're going to do is pass the ball. With 3.4 seconds to go late in the shot clock, late in the game, you didn't put Booker in the game. You had Maddie in the game. Maddie is not going to shoot the ball. Maddie did everything he could to try to hand that ball off like a hot potato. Tyson Walker to shoot an awkward shot. I think if you have Booker in the game or somebody else who's at least got some offense to them, 
they go to the basket, they get an and one, or maybe they hit the layup, or they do get foul shots. It's at a disadvantage, and I, and I hope that this is something that they really try to correct because right here, right now, you got Purdue coming up, and then you got Boo Booey and Northwestern. I don't think you've beaten Boo Booey in three years. And then you get Indiana at home, and Indiana just showed you at home, look, we, we ain't no punks. We, you know, we ain't going to roll over and show our belly. So you lose the next three games, and somebody who – worked closely with the tournament committee that I talked to said, yeah, they got a high net rating, but yeah, you lose these next three games and you may not be in or you may be in Dayton. Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, when it comes to the net, what's helped them a lot is that they had a lot of blowout wins and a lot of close losses. And so the metrics bake in the margin of victory. So that helps them a ton. Uh, so that's why Ken Palm, they're like 20, I think they're 24 uh, as of Wednesday morning. But if you look at their results-based metrics, they're, you know, 42 in strength of record, 40 or 44 in strength of record, 42 in, in Kevin Pogger's metric, which seems more about right. And then if you lose the next three games, obviously those are going to get worse. So you definitely want to win at least one, if not two of those to, to feel good just about making the tournament. And considering that they were number four in the country to start the year, being 17-11 now and hoping to win a home game uh, just to make the tournament just kind of shows how this season is gone. But when it comes See, to – I got to think that it's got to be the Northwestern game because that's the one – that's a that's a quad one victory. If you beat Indiana, does that really mean anything except for you stop the bleeding? Yeah, I guess it gives you a quad two. Uh, I mean, it's really not – it won't – it more hurts you than helps you, that's for sure. I think it's more of just trying to avoid having another loss. Like you don't want to be 17 and 14 going into the Big Ten tournament, and then you get a bad matchup, you lose that. You're 17 and 15, and then you're just hoping that there aren't upsets uh, elsewhere in conference tournaments and stuff like that to knock you out. Uh, so they need to win probably the Northwestern game. I agree with you on that. So I'm sorry, I cut you off. What, what else were you about to say about it? <laughs> No, that is cool. Uh, no, for the Ohio State game, I mean, you're absolutely right. The, the Booker stuff, the fact that he started, you could tell that there was a buzz. Even when he shot his first three and he missed it, crowd rose. Then he makes it. Right. Everybody's going crazy. He gets the alley-oop dunk and one. Like you could tell, like, the teammates are involved. Everybody's into it. And he was plus 11 in the game. Like, he clearly made an impact. Yes, he made some mistakes in terms of not boxing out. Or maybe he got lost on, you know, a, a ball screen. He shouldn't have done what he was uh, – he did something he wasn't supposed to do on ball screen defense. Fine. But he's a freshman who's barely played. I'd rather let him play through those mistakes. We've right. seen what you had from three years of Matty Sissoko. Like, he kind of is who he is at this point. And all of the numbers bear it out. And I think that's what makes it so frustrating. You know, as we said, he was plus 11. It was 40 to 30 when he was subbed out at the 15-10 mark. And they never put him back in. And they scored 17 points the rest of the way. Right. And in that, in the game, Sissoko was minus six. Cooper was minus five. Kohler was minus one. So clearly your other three bigs weren't getting it done. And from the 743 mark to the six second mark, when they took Maddie out for Trey Holloman to try to defend that last second three, 
they played their usual starting lineup and got outscored by six. And that's been a problem all year. There have only been 14 Big Ten lineups that have played at least 100 minutes in conference play, and only three have a negative point differential. Any guesses on the three starting fives? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, let me go with – I'm going to go with uh, Indiana. Nope, they're positive. Uh, yeah, I'm going to guess MSU. Yep, that's one. They're minus 19. Um, is it Ohio State? Yep, they're minus 30. Michigan? Yep, they're minus 20. Those are your three in conference play. Wait, now say that again for the people in the back. All right. So there have been 14 Big Ten lineups that have played at least 100 minutes together in conference play, and only three have a negative point differential. That's Ohio State starting five, Michigan starting five, and Michigan State starting five. So that's Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogarth, Jay Nakins, Malik Hall, Maddie Sissoko. Wow. And yet you still keep putting them out there. Still keep putting them out there. It Wow. Okay. You know, you blew my mind. I'm sure you just blew <laughs> all the listeners' mind with that because, yeah, for those who don't know, you're looking at Ohio State and Michigan at the bottom of the Big Ten, and this is probably why Michigan State – yeah, it has so many slow starts to start the year off. Think about how many times they had to come back to win things. And yet in this game, they they did change. They put Booker out there. I'll say this, and, and Harold, you're the numbers guy, but from a, from a layman's point of view, when you put Maddie out there, it hinders a game, the game of A.J. Hogarth. The reason being is AJ's game is driving to the basket. Now Tyson can hit threes and Tyson can do the circus shots, but AJ is, I'm going to blow past my guy and I'm going in for the layup. But when Maddie is in the game, not only is he down low, but his man is down low. And, and now you have, it's clogging up. It's congestion. You can't get that easy shot. Now, AJ, when Maddie's in the game has to rely on jump shooting and that's not his forte. When he's most dangerous, when you think about it, He's driving to that basket. He's getting that easy layup, that transition basket. And when he Maddie's in the game, that's just not happening. You saw that in that final seven minutes where, I mean, AJ made a late one layup, Tyson made a circus layup, and that was really the only points they got non free throw line of the seven points. They they, you know, Malik can't post up and do anything. So I I, I look at it and from what I gather. Uh, Wojcik, Coach Wojcik is the guy that does the substitution patterns for the big man. And, and this may be something that Tom has to just take over from him and say, hey, kind of like a, in football where if 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 I'm the OC and you're the head coach, but you all of a sudden say, you know what? Yeah, we got to run this trick play. You, over, you, you, you trump what I'm about to do. You overrule me. Tom has to come up with a better th- combination because here's how I see this. The unfortunate part of all of this is they actually have the formula to go far in the NCAA tournament. You got three guards who can score. Plus, now that Malik has stepped his game up, you got somebody who could post up down low. And that's normally the formula. That's why I don't think like Purdue, you know, you got Zach Eady. He's a unicorn. But there's a reason why. The big man doesn't win national titles. It's you look at all the champ former champions, and they got this loaded backcourt, this loaded backcourt. 
MSU has that. Now, as I said, you got to get off that eight, nine, because you're looking at a team that you're probably either you've lost to Tennessee, you've already lost to Arizona, or you're going to be looking at UConn, the defending national champion. You, it, it boils down to this, this Saturday night, which it's a primetime game. I don't see how this is going to help you, but you go to Mackey. You don't win in Mackey. And for people who are like, oh, well, put it this way. Everybody told me that 2010 got robbed with Cassius Winston because they were going to win the national title. You remember that? Cassius, oh, yeah. They were going to win the national title. You know this, but pretend like you don't. When that team went into Mackey, they lost. 71-42. I remember because I had just got off a plane and I was about to run home to watch the game, walk past the airport bar, looked up at the screen and was like, I can take my time. If, if, if I was playing you in a video game, I would just call that a reset button game and we just going to say you won and I'm going to hit the button and we're going to start all over for again because it's a house of horse. The last time they won at Mackey, Keith Ackling, Gary Harris was the starting backcourt. Just to put things in perspective, it was 2014. You've had MSU teams with more prolific offenses. They can't go into Mackey and win. So I almost look at that as a loss. It really, in my opinion, your season boils down to senior day. You got Northwestern. Now, there's no Ty Berry. That may help you some. But it, to me, if, if, if you win the game against Northwestern, Harold, you put yourself maybe back into the category of, of, of trying to get out that 8-9 game. I think – you're pretty much locked into the sixth seed in the Big Ten tournament. I was playing around with different things. You would have to beat Purdue to move out of the sixth seed, but I think they're going to be playing in that sixth seed game. So I think – so there are yeah, several things there. Uh, I'm not even thinking about Purdue in that game being competitive because, like you said, we, we've seen much better Michigan State teams go in there and not win. And now you're talking about a middling Michigan State team against a top three Purdue team. Just terrible matchups all across the board. I don't, I don't see that one happening. Uh, the the lineup thing is, is really bothersome to me because we talked about how bad the starting five is, but their best lineup is actually with Cooper in for Sissoko, and that is plus they're plus forty two in eighty six minutes when that lineup's together in Big Ten play. And yet wow. that lineup has played 53 less minutes than the starting lineup, which is worse. So the fact that you have a solution that may not be the solution you want, but it's a solution that's better and you just refuse to go to it is, is very frustrating. Um, the fact that Sissoko and Cohen Carr are the only two players with a, a negative point differential on the whole team in Big Ten play also speaks volumes. And you continually just put a guy out there who just isn't helping you on the other side. You know, that that, that part is certainly frustrating. Uh, when it comes to the, the Big well, Ten tournament. Cohen Carr gets you the dunks that everybody loves to see. So I, right. I, I guess I get, you know, he's like that spark plug. He gets the dunk, team gets hyped up, and then you take him out. Go ahead. Well, the, the problem, too, is you keep putting him out there as a three with a non-shooter at the four and a non-shooter at the five. So then now you have – three non-shooters on the floor right so even the way you're using Cohen Carr isn't it isn't a good thing you know he's at his best as a four you know if he's in there with Cooper or if they even go small I think it could probably work but the way they've used them 
it just doesn't work for the Big Ten because you can't get out and run like you want to. Everybody knows your sets. Everybody knows all the stuff you're going to do. So his impact is limited because you're not out and running like you was in the Michigan game. That's one of the few times they've been actually able to get up and down. Uh, the spacing part with Sissoko is totally true, uh, especially when it comes to A.J. Hogard. I was looking some of this stuff up the other day. And it's funny, he actually is pretty solid finishing around the rim. He's actually really good shooting corner threes. He's actually made 11 of 16 corner threes, which I thought was very interesting. Hmm. But he's eight for 43 on every other three-pointer. So that means top of the key, wings, eight for 43. So corner three, money. Yeah. Every other three, nothing. And then to your point, if he's not getting to the rim, a lot of times he's settling for a mid-range jumper, you know, that elbow jumper, free throw line jumper, seven for 41 on the season for mid-range jumpers. So if he can't get to the paint, it's almost a turnover. Right. But because Sissoko's in there clogging things up, everybody could just sit back and they know that if they keep A.J. Hogar from getting to the rim, that he might just force up a bad shot. And there you go. And just for the record, for people watching and listening, I think I can speak for Harold. I have nothing against Sissoko. None. Nothing be a at all. Fine young man going through a little bit. He's going through some tragedy right now. Absolutely. It's just talking about the play on the court. So this is yeah. not a Sissoko bash session. So no. people, you know, we're not sitting there trying to be unfair. Oh, but numbers are numbers. And, you, right. and you, your eyeballs are eyeballs. And you're seeing – it's a hindrance of the team, especially, like I said, I did not understand why you went to that lineup late in the game as you're watching your lead slow down. Because even if you're like, okay, well, he brings you defensive rebound, so was Booker. Booker was blocking shots. Yep. When Ohio State coach comes out and says, yeah, they, you know, when Booker was in there, he caused problems for us. And remember this, Ohio State went into the Breslin Center, snapped a losing streak of, what, 17 games? without their best player in battle, didn't play. Yep. That's unexcusable. You can't let that happen. If you hope, and I probably, if you said, well, you hold Ohio State to 60 points, oh, well, you beat them. No, you didn't. You lost at the buzzer. Coming back, I think this is probably the worst team that you have to play. But then again, maybe it's the best team because nobody has any expectations. I asked Tom in the press conference, you got a week off. Would you rather play somebody else or do you just want to take that week and roll into Mackey and play Purdue? They actually, kind of like the formula for the Big Ten, they actually have the formula to beat Purdue. When you look at Purdue's losses, Purdue loses when they, it's a bunch of shooters out there. Right. Okay, Zach, Edie, congratulations. You're going to score 25 to 30 points. But we're going to just keep shooting on the perimeter. We're going to hit our shots. And the question that really is, does Edie score his 25 points off of easy baskets or do we foul him and put him on the free throw line and wear, wear him down? That's normally the strategy because let's face I don't know where Painter finds seven footers, but I can't recall the last time Purdue didn't have a seven footer. Right. I, I really can't. Like it, as soon as and they got another nothing, one on the bench, another one sitting on the bench right now. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand it. But yeah. If you're going to do you have the formula to beat Purdue, and maybe it's, you know what, the pressure's off. Normally, 
because I did say this on the show. This is normally the time where Izzo gets that whole January, February Izzo. When everybody starts to doubt him and everybody starts to say, well, Tom, maybe you're losing a step. I, I sat in that press conference. He looked like a different man. And I've been covering this team since Izzo got there in 95. And I don't think he's having fun. Izzo loves the game of basketball. Never denied that. I don't think he likes his team and I don't think he's having fun because he keeps talking about the stuff he can't do. He can't say, I, I used to be able to do this, but now I got to coddle him. I can't. He's not himself. And I equated it to you're in a long relationship or you're in a marriage. And then all of a sudden you and your wife used to hang out and you party and you went to concerts. And then one day everything changed because your wife says, I'm not going to drink anymore. Your wife comes in and says, you know what? I found the Lord and I'm not going to do that. You didn't. You still love her, but your life has now changed because you can't do the same things that you once did and you're not enjoying yourself. You're not enjoying that relationship as much as you used to enjoy it. So one of you would have to change. And I think the time being 69 is not really trying to adapt and change, but he can't really do the things that he wants to do. My thing is this, if I was Tom, I'm going to go out being me. I'm going to go out doing it my way. And if I get yep. canceled, I get canceled. But at least I'll know I didn't compromise anything. I didn't compromise myself. No, I agree with that. It, it kind of feels a little bit like the 2010, 2011 team that had a whole lot of expectations to start the year. Yeah. Had some, I mean, obviously this team didn't have off court issues like the 2011 team did with Corey Lucius and Chris Allen getting kicked off. But it just seemed like, he hated his team and like they barely got in the tournament. I think they got a 10 seed, got knocked out. And then the following year, you know, things got back to the way that they were. And he got some more recruits in. I was Draymond senior year and they got a one seed, but there was a leader that he can lean on. He could be the, the coach on the court. And it kind of went back to the way that he wants to coach. And just with this group, it seems like they haven't really had a leader since Cassius and Tillman left. And so, you know, I think Tyson Walker's a great player. Just don't think he's a leader. AJ, right. Doesn't want to be the leader. Malik Hall, nice guy. Starting to play a lot better, as Stephen Bardo would say, getting that senioritis. He realizes the, the end is close, so he's turned it up, but still not a leader. You know, the fact that you've got, you know, Davis Smith multiple times saying at home, didn't look like we were ready to play. Didn't look like we were locked in, like having to deliver a fiery halftime speech against Michigan at home because you weren't playing well. It's like, right. it's Michigan. Is Izzo trying to go for 700? Like, why does David Smith need to fire you guys up against the rival team? You know, you're playing against Iowa at home. You're coming off this win streak. You got a chance to get a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. And he's saying that I could tell in warm-ups we weren't locked in. And, you know, comments coming out after the game of, yeah, we just weren't locked in the way we needed to to start the game and it's just like how many times does this have to happen with pretty much a full upperclassman team that's right. you know in terms of the regular players like how many times does this have to happen so i can see why Izzo does if it, if it is true that he doesn't like his team i can see why well here's the thing though you've now hit a new milestone and it's sad because they keep hitting new bad milestones but mm -hmm. this is going to be the first time that in a four-year stretch, Izzo had a team lose double-digit games. Lost 13, 
I think you lost 13 for the last three years. You're already at 11. So let's just say you lose to Purdue. That's 12. You're yep. you're you're gonna lose probably in the tournament and in the Big Ten tournament. Yep. That's you're gonna have more losses. The last time he had this was right after the three final fours, but he was a younger guy. But it was the 2002, 2003, 2014. But then 2005, they go to the final four. They surprised everybody. I think that was the Allen Anderson-led team. Yep. All of a sudden, they went out and they beat Duke and they beat Kentucky uh, in Austin, Texas, and they got that thing done. They're losing. Like he, he's looking at this group, and for the last four years, he's just seen nothing but losses. Like you, you're barely over 500 in the Big Ten over the last four years. You could see the frustration weighing on him, and I think he is befuddled and not knowing exactly what I can do to to fix this. Now, I do think a lot of this bases off of the recruiting that he did from 2019 on, where he didn't go and get those the Plan A guys. He got a lot of Plan B guys, and I know nobody wants to be called a Plan B guy, but let's just call it what it is. He didn't get the recruits that he wanted to bring in there, and now you're sitting here. And, you know, you've got some of the younger guys. And I do think that the leader, unfortunately, got shot. I think Jeremy Fear yep. was all set to take yep. this team over. I, Harold, I, I, I said by the time the Big Ten play rolled around, he was going to take A.J.'s spot. Yep. And he was going to be the starting point guard. He was going to be that leader. He was going to be that guy. He gets shot. He's not going to play. I'm assuming he's going to get red shirted, but let's face it, nobody who really uses a red shirt nowadays right. in basketball. If he's good, he's going to be gone in a couple of years. But that was going to be the guy. And, and, and you know, I look at the class coming in next year, and they're good, but I don't see this prolific score that's going to really help get you to that next level. That, yeah, I mean, ever since I, I would say this is where I think Tom has to really – go back to what he did to get this team above water, he had to pour and he went out there and he got Tyson Walker. He went out there and he got Joey Hauser. Those guys elevated him. He didn't want to do it this year. And I think if he does that again next year, that's going to be the detriment of him because at, at this point, it's almost like you're fighting the win. And, you know, are you trying to win a title? Or are you trying to prove a point? That, that would be the question that I would ask him. No, I think that's fair, especially when it comes to the recruiting. Uh, if you look at the 2018 to 22 classes, there's what, 16 high school players in there. So I'm not going to count Hauser. I'm not going to count Walker. But from that group of 16 players, I mean, how many would you say, you know what, they had a really good career here? Maybe Malik Hall, Aaron Henry, um, maybe Gabe Brown. Right. I mean, they were good. They weren't right. Great. They weren't memorable. They weren't like, oh, my God, you know, you're not going to have an argument of should you be hanging their, you know, their jersey. And, you know, I right. really miss them. It's like, yeah, you're no right. first you're team, hard. big team guys. Yeah, First round picks. Uh, no, just good guys. But yeah, right. now you got Malik Hall. You know, I guess you'll have AJ. But once again, right. It's like, OK, well. You know, Fears was already here. He was going to take over. You're hoping that it was going to be Xavier Booker, but he didn't play this year. So right. you don't know. Cohen Carr is great for dunks. Right. And the only thing I can hope for Cohen Carr is he his career patterns, Jason Richardson. Jason Richardson, most people don't realize, Richardson was on the 2000 National Championship team. 
He only plays seven minutes a game, six, seven minutes a game. And Good he literally shoot. came in to dunk the ball. That yep. was it. They ran the alley-oop play. He would dunk, and people would lose their mind. But then the next year, he became, you know, he, he then averaged, I think, 21 points a game, became the leading scorer, became a lottery pick. If you're Cohen Carr, every time I see him walking in the basketball building, I was like, how come you're not out shooting 500 jumpers? Why right. aren't you out trying to get better? I, I don't know if they have that guy. I mean, you're bringing in, ironically enough, Richardson's kid is coming in next year. I don't know if they got that score coming in, that guy that's going to be that prolific guy that I do think that maybe Izzo needs to go after, get a nice little NIL package together and go after one of the top transfers to really jumpstart this team. Very similar to what you saw at Tennessee do with Rick Barnes. And now, you know, they're one of the better teams because they went out and got a transfer. And you did that with Tyson. And you take away Tyson, this team's not the same. Yeah, and and I think the thing that's interesting is it doesn't have to be a transfer from a Power 5 program. Like, we've seen, you know, Dalton Connect from Tennessee came from Northern Colorado. Like, Tyson Walker was Northeastern. Like, we're seeing all of these Big Ten players, you know, Marcus Domask was Southern Illinois. Like Lance Jones was Southern Illinois. Yeah. You know, you got uh, Ben Cricky from Iowa who killed Michigan State last week. He was a Valpo guy. Like, there are guys that are at the mid-major level who can come up and help you. Like, it doesn't just have to be, oh, well, it's a disgruntled guy. At right. You ain't got to hit the 100 tickets in the world. Right. Like, sure, if you had a guy like that that could help you, fine. It's an Alabama guy who – you know, feels like he should be playing more and he's not and he helps you in your offense, fine. But there are a lot of players who can play all over the country, especially if you need them for just a year or two. They're already grown men. They're 21, 22 years old. You don't have to worry about the physicality aspect. And a lot of times they can step right in. And even if they're not leading your team in scoring, they're absolutely a rotation player that can help. And yeah. so it just feels like it shouldn't be this hard to find a guy that can help you fit with pretty much Everybody in the Big Ten did this year. Nah, you're right. Uh, before we wrap up, can you help Doug McDaniel? He's finally able to play on the road. Why? Your season's over. Why? I mean, I, I, I mean, do, are you hoping to make this long Big Ten tournament run? Because you're playing on wins. Like, I don't understand the point of this. I would have just sat him for the rest of the year. I mean, I guess his punishment is up, but. Help me understand this. I, I don't get it. I don't either. I, I don't get it at all. Uh, and again, I just think Jawan's like press conferences have been really weird post game. Yeah, yeah, the heart. Yeah, if you had heart, heart on the stat sheet, we would have won. Right, and it's like okay. Yeah. I was talking with a buddy of mine. I was like, sounds like Monty Williams was like, are they just exchanging notes? Like, this is what I say after a loss. Maybe you should try this. Like, it's uh, it's just been really, really weird. And, you know, I think Doug McDaniel's a really good player. But at this point, you got to win five games in five days. Olivier Kahn was out for the year. So that's probably not going to happen. You don't, you know, Michigan hadn't guarded guarded anybody all year. So even if McDaniel comes back, I can't see that changing anytime soon. So, yeah, maybe if you go to Minneapolis, you win a game. Okay. But. Are you really going to win five in five days? I mean, we've never seen a, a team go from Wednesday to Saturday. Let right. alone I, don't even the think thing. That, I don't even think if they ran the table for the rest of the season. I, I think they're pretty much locked into the 14th spot. Yeah, because they they got 14 losses. So, I mean, I think Ohio State would have to lose out. 
and then maybe they can get to 13, but they can't get above that. Right. So yeah, just it, it was just one of those like, huh? Okay. Well, good good luck with that. Don't right. understand it, but sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get into to more of that uh, next week, man. But now I appreciate you jumping on here, and I mean you you dropped some knowledge, some good numbers. Matter of fact, I, I may need you to text me or email me some of those numbers, man, so I can use them because that's. That was depressing. The starting lineup thing. That was and AJ Hogarth's numbers, his shooting numbers. Yeah, this yeah. is why he's a senior research manager at the Big Ten Network, folks. <laughs> this is why I have him on here. You see all them talking faces. He's the guy that gives them the numbers, so they go up there and they seem smart. This is actually a smart guy right here. Hell, yeah. appreciate your time, man. Thanks for listening and watching. Keep subscribing. We'll be back next week for another edition of the Five Star Zone.